Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Brandon Siegel, and I am not Trevor Reddick. He is not doing the intro today because Trevor is sadly not with us. He is away, uh, not on the podcast. I'm sure he'll be listening. Uh, Trevor, you are dearly missed, but I am joined by a man who used to be my roommate, and I also forgot to think of an intro, so that's what we're going with. Ben O'Brien, Ben, how you doing today? I'm, I'm great, man. That's a, that's a great uh that's a great intro. Basically, just owning up to the fact that you're not good at this whole intro thing. I mean, I respect the play. <laughs> well, this, ain't, this is my job. I, I have a lot of jobs on this podcast. We all have a lot of jobs on this podcast. This one isn't mine. Trevor just kills the intros. He always comes up with, with some good, some creative. I'm, I'm not the creative guy. No, that's I, not. That's not. I mean, that's not who I am. Neither one of us are. And every time we do a podcast, just us two, I always say that it's very, it's very clear that Trevor's not here because usually the the quality of content goes way down. This will be no <laughs> this different. This might be a disaster. If you're still listening past, what are we at, 56 seconds? If you're still listening past 56 seconds, I appreciate you. And I, this might be a disaster. It, it, it probably will be. And like I said before we started recording, we're basically like we're like two kids at a candy store unsupervised. Yeah. Like, I, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? We're going to Tre- buy a lot of candy. Today. Trevor's the guy that keeps all, this all intact. And without Trevor, like this might go off the rails. And honestly, I don't, even, I don't really care, Brandon. Let's just do it. Trevor's like, uh, Ben, when you were younger, did you ever build, like, uh, have you ever done, like, the, the marshmallow and, and, like, plastic stick thing where you stick them all together and create a tower? Yeah, I was the worst at it. They're like, my team never won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've never built one ever. Trevor, like, in that circumstance, if you consider that our podcast, like, Ben, me and you are the ones, uh... At the very top that don't We are anything. the sticks and the marshmallows, yeah. and Trevor is the one building us together. Like, he actually holds the whole thing together. He builds it. And and we're ho- we're just there. We're inanimate objects. Pretty so, much. I mean, we we just kind of show up, and Trevor tells us what to do. If we're being honest. <laughs> so yeah, again, we're we're at two minutes now. Again, if anyone is past, if you got past the fifty six second mark, and now you're past the two minute it's mark, a miracle. Yeah, thank you for being here. So, you know, Ben, let's actually like maybe talk about sports just for like a little bit. I mean, we right? can if you want. <laughs> We don't have to. What do you want to talk about, Ben? We can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> I, got, going I, got, to... I got plenty to talk about. I will Let's say... talk about space. Why not? I actually... Oh, we'll wait until after record. I do have a que- I have a tech question for you, but this is not the time or place to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, just, let's just do tech hour with, with Brandon <laughs> and Ben. One guy who knows a ton about tech and one who does not. Well, it's about my Apple Watch. That's the question I had, but I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till later. All right, we'll have to wait till after. But speaking of space, Ben, look at this. Look at this. Look at this segue. Speaking of space, the Phoenix Suns. You see that, Ben? That's pretty I, impressive. I will say, last week you had a good transition, too. I forget what it was, but it was a great transition. And then you I was going to ask you, what did I do? I, I don't remember, remember, but you're always you're the type of person where you have a great transition and you can't just move forward. you got to stop and acknowledge that it was a good transition, <laughs> which makes it worse. But, no, no, I, I definitely do that. I definitely do but that. That's two weeks I, in a like, row. With, that's two weeks in a row with a pretty solid transition. So I, it was well. Point. I mean, at this point, it's not a good transition because we we've talked for thirty seconds. I know we, just, we, we, had, we had to we had to stop the smooth <laughs> transition to talk about how great of a transition it was. So now it kind of just killed the vibes. But it's whatever. All right, let's start talking. Uh, speaking of space, the Suns. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it again. <laughs> so this the Phoenix Suns. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was uh, gonna be a free agent. We had the Pacers who signed him. Uh, he was a restricted free agent. So the Pacers signed him four-year, $133 million deal. The Suns had 48 hours to match it, and they did end up matching it. Uh, so four years, $133 million. He could not be traded in the first year. Um, and despite my my wonderful transition, Ben, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, look, last year he averaged 17 points. Uh, he hasn't played a full season in his entire career. He averaged 17 points, 10 rebounds. He's very efficient from the field and getting more efficient. But $133 million over four years, that's $32.5 million 
a year or something like that. What well, what do you what do you think about this? I mean, to me it basically comes down to is he worth thirty two million dollars a year? And it's one of those where it's I can see both sides of the argument. I mean, the way I look at DeAndre Ayton, and I told you this earlier, is I look at him as kind of like a poor man's Joel Embiid in terms of like I feel like they're similar. I think Joel Embiid is obviously probably a better three point shooter than um, DeAndre Ayton is, but I think they're similar in the way they play. They're similar in their stature. I think they're similar in what they bring to their respective teams. And I just don't know if he's worth thirty two million dollars a year. I guess the the argument for it is well, NBA big money. Like I mean, thirty two million dollars a year. That's a lot of money, but it's not like it's top end, top shelf um, product or uh, market value or anything like that. But it's still a lot of money. So I don't know. Like you said, he he, he hasn't stayed healthy for an entire year. Um, he's put up good numbers. I'm not saying he's he's a bad player at all. He, he's a good player. He's an above average player. That's a lot of money, dude. It's a lot of money and. The Suns are, even I mean, the Suns, this is their window, right? They're in their window. They went to the they went to the finals two years ago. They went, uh, or they went, what, I don't know, second round playoffs last year, something like that. Um, if choke, if uh, Chris Paul wasn't a choke artist, they probably could have gone further, but um, it is what it is. I, I don't know. I, I, I can see both sides of the argument. I can see people that say, hey, you should have just let the Pacers spend the money on him, let him walk. It's not worth it. But I can also see people that go, this is their time to win. This is their window. And he's a, a you know, fringe all-star caliber player and, he can add a lot of value to a team that's already pretty good. Maybe he's worth the money. And if you're going to spend the money, if you're going to go all in, then do it when the time is right. And it seems like for the Suns, at least at the moment, the time is still right to go all in on a player like DeAndre Ayton. So I can see both sides. If, if I was the GM and I had the ultimate decision, I think it's pretty clear that I am not a GM. But if I was, I'd probably say let him walk. We'll find someone else that's cheaper that can maybe not be the exact production that he brings but can be close enough and the Suns have other talent on their team that maybe could pick up the slack of, of a different player that's not DeAndre Ayton so um it's an interesting situation I don't know watch him come out uh, this coming season and have like the you know the best season of his career just because I said this but I, I I think I would let him walk if I was in the driver's seat in that organization you know I, I think there's a couple things to think about here though so you know is 32 and a half million dollars a lot for DeAndre Ayton a guy averaging 17 and 10 yeah Probably. I mean, I feel like we can, you know, we can agree on that. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's the question. You look at the Suns over the past couple of years. Are the Suns a contender with their current team? Is yes or no? Yes, I think they are. Of course, right? Yeah. Yes. So I, I think the question then comes down to, do you keep your core knowing that you actually have a, a legitimate shot? Mm -hmm. Or do you spend a little less money here to maybe spend more money somewhere else? And I think I think that's a hard, you know, balance to do. Uh, yeah. and I, you know, I, I think for me, and I think you would agree with Ben, like, I think signing, like, if, if he was your lone star, like, this is DeAndre Ains, your dude, that's yeah. it, that's all you got, I'm not signing for this money. Not at all. But, with the team they have, with Booker, um, and, 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 you know, Aiden, um, and obviously a lot of other good pieces around them, Chris Paul, you know, et cetera, whatever. You know, I, I think you keep him. You know, what, do they have a lot of other choices in that sense, where this team is good, really, yeah. really good, and DeAndre Ayton's an integral piece in that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a similar style piece as DeAndre Ayton um, that is as good as him next year. You know, maybe over time, of course. But I, I think it's more it's it's more difficult than just, you know, we just, you know, let him go. It's too much money. We find someone else because they are good and he works in their system. And I, I agree uh, with that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, please go ahead. Well, go I was ahead. just saying, I, I agree with you. And, and to re reiterate what I said, like, if you're going to spend the money on him, now's the time to do it because now is the time yeah. that you have. Don't Five years ago would not have been the time to spend this kind of money on a player like DeAndre Ayton. Maybe five years in the future probably might not be the line either, or the time either because their window might be closed. Their window's open. So if you're going to spend 32 mil on DeAndre Ayton, 
Now's the time to do it. So I understand that decision. Again, do I agree with it? Maybe not 100%, but I can see where they're coming from. Their window's open. You got to do everything that you possibly can to get yourself a championship while the window's yeah. open. Just one other thing before we leave the DeAndre Ayton topic. Uh, ben, his birthday is next week, uh, and he will turn 24. So he's younger than both of us, and he has $133 million. He's younger than both so. of us? I just I look at people that are like, He's six eleven. I just think like there's no way I'm older than him. He's six eleven. Like he's DeAndre Ayton also looks like he's forty five. And he's been in the in the NBA for like four years, which makes me feel like a total bum that he's younger than me and he's been in the NBA for like four or five years. But it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh hundred and thirty three million dollars uh there. I don't know. We'll see if it pans out. Let's keep on moving along. I I've been very excited to talk about this today because I just can't believe this even happened. Um a couple of days ago we got word that uh you know, like normal, the Drew League is starting up in the summer. You have a ton of summer stuff happening in terms of basketball. Like, people pick, play pickup at Rucker Park. You have the Drew League. A ton of other things. The Big Three. Uh, and then NBA players don't necessarily play in the Big Three. But we had a, uh, a a very... I mean, there's a lot of good players that play in the Drew League. We've had DeRozan play. We've had Harden. Um, there's a lot of guys who are up-and-comers in college that have played in the Drew League. Uh, but we got a special player to play in the Drew League yesterday. And that was LeBron James. And Ben, if you asked me to guess uh, a, a thousand players, LeBron would have never been one of them. Uh, I, I just cannot fathom a 37-year-old LeBron playing in the Drew League. Like, I just can't. And, I mean, he went off. They won. They only won by two, which is pretty crazy. And him and DeRozan were on the same team. Um, but, you know, he scored like 42 points, I think. Yeah, he's 42 points. He had 16 rebounds, four steals. I mean, that's insane. Again, he is... 37 years old i i mean ben like this was would you have ever guessed this no it's so ridiculous and i don't want to i don't want to turn this into a conversation of like oh he shouldn't be doing this this is irresponsible of him to do that which it might be but that's no fun i'm, I'm not we're not i don't want to have that conversation when i first heard this and like when i watched the highlights the only thing i think of is those poor guys that have to guard him that again in they understand. I understand. This is not the NBA, but I feel like a lot of times when when you're one of the better players, you're one of the better teams in like a league or even a tournament like this. You know, it's not the NBA, but you still feel like you're on top of the world. And there's got to mm-hmm. be nothing more humbling than playing in some pickup basketball league in like a high school gym, and then all of a sudden you look up and like LeBron is isoed on you, and you got to guard LeBron one on one, or you got to guard DeMar DeRozan or Kyrie Irving one on one. Like that's got to be the most humbling thing in the world because everyone that's playing in this league, they've probably been the best player on their team. And you know a large portion of their life as a basketball player, and now all of a sudden, you're just some guy. You you probably got wife and kids in the stands watching. You're just having a great time playing the game you love, and you got the best player of all time that's dunking on your face. Like that's got to be such a humbling moment. But at the same time, that's got to be something that would be so cool to like tell your kids and your grandkids in twenty, thirty, forty years down the line. That yeah, I never played in the NBA, but I still played against the greatest basketball player of all time. Like what a cool story. And I think LeBron knows that. And LeBron's the type of guy where like he clearly like. He knows he doesn't need to play in this. And again, it might be, it probably is irresponsible that he's playing this league. But I think he understands what a cool experience it is for the rest of the players in this league and the rest of the teams in this league to have him there. I think he understands that. I think that might be part of the reason why he did that. Like, it's just a cool experience. And it, it, it's a way to give back to the game of basketball that he always talks about, how finding ways to give back to the game of basketball. I think this is just another example of him doing that, finding a way to contribute and to grow the game in ways that's different than just playing on an NBA floor. Another thing is that, like, I mean, like I said, every year there's always some NBA players that play in, like, little stuff like this. And, like, we see pictures and stuff, but this was so big yesterday. Like, so many people were talking about this, and it brought so much attention to the Drew League. 
Uh, and then, of course, like we've seen in the past, the Drew League was before sponsored by Nike. We've seen like James Harden cover the Nike logo, LeBron cover the Adidas logo uh, on the Drew League jersey. I thought it was pretty cool. That's super as, disrespectful you know, if you ask me. <laughs> well, well, me and you were both Nike guys. <laughs> I, know, so, so that was, that was I would, I would cool do the same thing. See. I would do the same thing, for being honest. I, I'm not even signing Nike. I'd still do it. I'd, 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 I'd go, I'd go play in, in my Jewish basketball league, and yeah. I'd, I'd cover an Adidas logo. I don't yeah. care. Um, but yeah, no, this this was really, really awesome. Kyrie was supposed to play with them, but didn't end up showing up. Uh, that sounds that that honestly, that if you told right. me Kyrie Irving was playing, I would have said that would happen. That's on brand for sure. <laughs> like he's not gonna go. He's he's not gonna show up. But you know, we don't. Well, he, he's got to yeah. make it about himself. Even when he's not playing, he's trying yep. to make it about himself. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you know, whatever happens, Kyrie happens. Uh, but anything else you want to add here before we kind of move on? No, I mean, it, when when if you if somebody were to tell you LeBron's playing in some pickup basketball league and you can imagine what the highlights look like, that's pretty much what they look like if you were to look at them. <laughs> yeah. And it, another thing that's crazy about the Drew League is like it's in this this little gym, like it's just in a high school gym, and like it's a nice gym. Don't even know, like the floor is nice. They're playing on a nice court and stuff, but like it's just in a little gym. Yeah, you know, which is crazy. You can see people people are standing one inch away from the court. And again, if like the 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 impact that LeBron has, like if you were to watch the highlights, like there's more people videotaping on their phone than just watching the game. Like there's more people looking through the camera on their phone watching this game than actually just watching this game. And again, I think that just shows the impact that LeBron has on not only the sport of basketball but just sports in general, really. Yeah, and just pop culture as a whole. Like, oh, this, absolutely. Like, the, the, the the sway he has. Yeah. Um, but let, let's keep on moving on here. Look. Guys, ultimately, here's the here's the deal. We're gonna have a shorter episode. It's the summer. There's not as much sports going on. Um, our favorite podcast host, Trevor, is not here, so we're already to our main topic. Um, and you know, as we've been doing, we are gonna go through every single division in the NFL leading up until the season. Um, and you know, there's a couple divisions Trevor didn't want to miss, so we were trying to figure out which one to do. We landed on one of the best divisions in all of sports, I think, Ben, and that is the AFC South. Now, I know what you might say. Okay, you might be like Brandon. This is a boring division. This division doesn't have any contenders. And you know what I'd you know what I'd respond to that, Ben? What would you say? You know what I'd respond to that? You're right. That, that is all true. That is that is all hundred percent true. But nevertheless, we need to go over it because it is four NFL teams. Um, so let's let's get this started here. We're gonna start with the Tennessee Titans, the uh, division winner from a season ago. Um, so Ben, I, I'll let you start here. You know what are what are some of your general thoughts on the Titans? Well, maybe maybe the responsible thing uh, to do is to start with the Tennessee Titans is informing how they ended their season last year. I don't know if you remember Brandon how they ended their season. I, last I know year, how they ended their season. We can go over to the show desire. They they ran into a force called the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, an immovable Wait, object. Actually, Ben, the real quick, Bengals. Yeah, real quick. We we have Bengals news. Did you see their new jersey helmet combination? When did this come out? Well, uh, maybe it's just rumored, but I thought they, I thought they announced. Well, they, maybe it's they, just rumored. They're they're gonna have a white helmet if that's what. Yeah, you're like about. the white. Did you see like the white tiger like like yeah. stuff? Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, it looks awesome. No, I mean it, anything all white like it just looks sweet. I mean you can't really mess it up. So yes, I maybe it's pretty awesome. But continue. Sorry. Besides the fact. Anyway, what I, what I was saying is that the Titans ran into an immo- immovable object called the Cincinnati Bengals last year. When the Titans, let's not forget, were the one seed. They had the coach of the year, which was also bogus that he was the coach of the year, Mike Frabel. But whatever. They lost. You know, they had first run by. Derrick Henry comes back. They're expected to win. They're expected to, at the very least, contend probably with the Chiefs for the conference championship. And they lose a game to the Bengals on a 50-whatever, 52-yard field goal by Evan McPherson. Um, some would say the new Justin Tucker. I would not say that, Brandon, but just a heads up. Um Anyway, so the Tennessee Titans, I think the biggest question with them, as was last year in the playoffs, 
in the regular season is, well, what are you going to get out of Ryan Tannehill? I mean, it's pretty clear that Ryan Tannehill is not a top 10 quarterback. He might not even be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. But I think a lot of people, at least last year, said, well, they have enough talent around him that we can get away with it. Um, and I think last year showed that people are right when they say that quarterback's the most important position on the field because Tannehill was honestly the reason why they lost that game to the Bengals. They probably shouldn't have lost that game. I mean, they had nine sacks on Joe Burrow. Their defense was fantastic. Derrick Henry was great. But Ryan Tannehill threw a couple bad interceptions, and that was the difference in the game. So production from Ryan Tannehill is going to be a big reason why the Titans ultimately either win the division, win 10, 11 games, or they fall short of their goal and win maybe eight games. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to get from Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, they drafted Malik Willis from Liberty. And we'll see. Maybe he gets some action this year. I have no idea. But, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is the biggest question mark for that team. You know what you're going to get from the rest of the team. Derrick Henry's still there. He's still one of, if not the best running back in the NFL. They still have a good defense. They still have weapons um, on both offense and defense. Even though they lose A.J. Brown, that is notable. But I think they still have a lot of talent around them. And with this this division being as bad as it is, I mean, they still are have a very good chance of winning this division. Um, even with maybe poor play from Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, again, biggest question on that team. Biggest, I think, factor in terms of their success this coming season is how his production on the field is going to be. Look, the Titans are a talented team. They they have talent on offense and defense. You know, obviously, A.J. Brown was a big loss, but Robert Woods was a big add. Uh, they drafted Traylon Burks. They, they signed Austin Hooper. They retooled this offense around Derrick Henry. And to make it so that Ryan Tannehill has the most success he possibly can have. Obviously, they drafted Malik Willis. You know, maybe he plays. Tannehill threw three interceptions in that Bengals game. They, they could have won that game. They beat themselves up a little bit. Um, and I, I think that, you know, if he does, you know, have that type of play in the season where it's not quite as good, we might see a little Malik Willis, at, you know, at a point in time. And Malik Willis, they, in my opinion, was kind of a steal. They, they could have yeah. gotten him, uh, you know, like he was projected to go way, way earlier. So it seems to me like it's uh, it was a solid pick. You also look at their defensive side, Jeffrey Simons, great, great, great defensive end. David Long, my boy out of Michigan, I love David Long. He's a great uh, cornerback-linebacker hybrid. Um, Bud Dupree, uh, another great player. Christian Fulton, uh, a high-pick cornerback. Look, they have good pieces. This is a solid team with a lot of talent. The question is going to rely on Ryan Tannehill. Can Ryan Tannehill perform enough to lift the team over the hump to get to a deep playoff run. Uh, like I said, this is a good team. I don't think they overall lost too much. AJ Brown is a big loss, but Robert Woods is a really solid player. Traylon Burks is a really solid player. Um, it, it's weird. Two years ago, they, they had Corey Davis and AJ Brown, and now both of them are on different teams with huge contracts. Uh, so we'll see how those guys do. But in terms of the Tennessee Titans, I, I actually like this team. I, I Are they going to win the Super Bowl? No, probably not. Ryan Tannehill is not going to lead them to a Super Bowl. Um, and I think they know that. I think I think the Titans understand that that they need to get their quarterback, and Tannehill's not going to be that option. I think we're in the last year of Tannehill's contract, maybe the second to last year. Um, but it, it's pretty clear that he's towards the back end of his career. You know, will this be the year he either steps up and plays mediocre and does all right, or is this going to be a year that he continues this downward spiral? I'm not 100 percent sure. To be honest, I'm really, really not 100 percent sure. Um, but look, Ben, the win total projection is nine and a half. Um, and I, I don't hate this. I, I think nine and a half is pretty solid. To me, it's going to be a 10 or nine win se- season. I'm going to go under though. I'm going to say they win the conference with nine wins. Really? Do you think? Do you th- yeah. You think they're going to win the conference going nine and eight? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I if you're going to win a conference going nine and eight, this is the one to, or uh, not the conference, the division. If you're going to win a division going nine and eight, this is probably the one to do it. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think nine and a half is a great number because I think it's going to be right between nine and ten. They do have a first place schedule. They got a tough schedule. They got to play the Chiefs again. They got to play the Bengals. Um, they got to play the Bills. So this is a tough schedule. I, I I'll agree with you. I think I think they're going to go nine and eight. I think. Nine and a half is a good number, but I'll take just slightly under. I'll go nine and eight. I think they're going to go under their, their win total of nine and a half. Next up, we have another pretty solid team out of the AFC South, um, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and they have a lot of interesting pieces, a lot of young guys on this team. Uh, they uh, Some key signs that they signed, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, of course, they have a, a, a wildly good defensive line sign, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, DeForest Buckner, still on the team, Kobe Pye from Michigan, of course. I gotta mention the Michigan guys, Ben. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we look at their offense. Quinnen Nelson is one of the best guards I think we've ever had in history. He's phenomenal. And the big addition, of course, Carson Wentz out, Matt Ryan in, which to me is an upgrade. Uh, is it a huge upgrade? Probably not, but it's an upgrade. You have Jonathan Taylor, who I'm sure will be in MVP conversations this year. Uh, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, wonderful receivers out of Oregon and Ohio State, respectively. Um, this is a very, very talented team up and down uh, the the depth chart here. Uh, and I feel like this team, I, I mean, I, I think it's great. They, they have the biggest challenge to the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I mean, this division, it's not great. It's a, it's a two-team race, essentially, for, for this division. Um, I, again, biggest thing with the Colts, like, Jonathan Taylor's going to do his thing. He's a top-five running back, just like the Titans um, have a top-five running back in Derrick Henry. Carson Wentz, experiment done. I mean, it wasn't great in the first place. I don't think a lot of people had high high hopes for him in um, Indianapolis anyway, but it is what it is. Matt Ryan's in there. 37-year-old Matt Ryan. So the question is, is a 37-year-old Matt Ryan better than Carson Wentz? I, I still think, I like, like you said, Brandon, I still think even at Matt Ryan's age, I think he's better than what Carson Wentz gave him last year. Um, so upgraded quarterback. You mentioned um, the, the key additions to that defense, which was a solid defense last year. Um, and people like people might forget this was a good team last year, and they had every chance to make the playoffs last. Like they had they had control of their own destiny to make the playoffs last year, and they, down the stretch they fumbled it a little bit, and they weren't able to make the playoffs. So, returning a lot of talent, upgrading at the most important position in quarterback, still having a top five running back, still having a solid offensive line and a solid defense. I think that this is the best team in the division. I I think that the Indianapolis Colts will win the AFC South this year. Um, again, just because of Matt Ryan. I think his impact will be will be substantial in terms of the difference between him and Carson Wentz. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I still have high hopes that he can do his thing. And again, the the offense and defensive lines on the on this Indianapolis Colts team are both very good. I think that they will win a lot of battles in the trenches, and that is extremely valuable, especially when you have a running back like um, Jonathan Taylor. If you can control the offensive line, you can control that line of scrimmage with him. You can bleed a lot of clock when you're winning. I think that's going to be very valuable. So I have a lot of I have a lot of faith in this Indianapolis Colts team. I do think that they'll win the win the uh, the, the division. Second place schedule might be a little bit more uh, friendly compared to the uh, the Titans schedule. So um, I don't know. I I have a lot of faith in them. Um, and again, this division is not great. Pretty much since the day Peyton Manning uh, left the Colts, I've been uh, pleading for the Cincinnati Bengals to somehow find their way in, into this division because it hasn't been that good. Um, so we'll see. I mean. The Colts really are the only, like you said, the only contenders to the Titans for this division crown, and I think they'll get it done this year. So I, I predicted nine for the uh, the Titans. I, you and said they'd win I, with nine. 
Yeah, I did say they would win with nine. I think the Colts also Go nine get eight. nine. Okay. I'm going on the under nine and a half as well here. They get nine, but I think they both make the playoffs. Both of these teams make the playoffs at nine wins, which I think is going to be difficult. So Maybe look at, impossible. So look I honestly at that. don't know. You got the worst, one of the worst divisions in football, and you got two teams making the playoffs. All right, can't be that bad of a day. That's my bold prediction for the day. And here's what's gonna happen. I know someone's gonna tell me, Brandon, you had four wild cards because we're gonna go through the other division, and I'll be like, this team's gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, this team's gonna make it. So maybe I gotta eat my words a little bit on this one. But nevertheless, look, the Colts are a good team. Their their defense, which was already not a bad, a ho- not a horrible defense. They were they were mid last year, but it wasn't horrible. You know, defense added two really unique pieces and Stefan Gilmore and Ike Gakwe. They have talent on this team, and this team I think has potential to do quite well. Yeah, um, I mean, I, let's. Well, hold on, oh let, no, no, let go me ahead. Continue. My, let me give my prediction, my win prediction. Oh, go ahead. Um, I like I said, I think they'll win the division. I think I'll think they'll go ten wins. I think they'll go ten and seven. They'll win the division. Um, I I don't hate the take. I think if the Titans go nine and eight and the Colts go ten and seven, I think they very well could. Could maybe both make the playoffs. The issue is the AFC is very, very competitive, so nine and eight might not actually get it done. Um, and in the AFC this year, we'll see. But Colts ten and seven, I think they'll win the division. Next up, we have the Houston Texans. Um, this is not a great football team. Uh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We, I, I feel like that's not that far of a stretch. Last year, we had four wins from uh, this team. Deshaun Watson is officially off the team. Um, obviously, he didn't play last year. Uh, but this team is not very talented uh, at all. Uh, however, some good pieces were added. Derek Stingley was added in the draft. John Michi the third, I absolutely love. You have Nico Collins, Michigan guy, of course. Every team riddled with the Michigan guys. Um, I think the, the what this team has that's really strong is receivers, and that's pretty much it. Uh, this team's kind of terrible. Uh, respectfully to the Texans fans, I don't want to, you know, they're, they're, they're bad, but they're not, you know, they're not the worst. Eh, they might be the worst. They they might be the worst team in the NFL. Maybe. I don't know. But, nevertheless, this team has an uphill battle this year for sure. Um, you got new coach, Lovey Smith. So, who knows what's going to happen with him. Do I think Lovey Smith's a great coach? Probably not. I, I don't think that was too great of a hire. I don't really think the Texans know what they're doing exactly. But, last season, um, they, they came in third in the division. So, they will not be playing the last place schedule somehow after winning four games. Uh, four games would have come in last place in quite literally every other division. So, quite an accomplishment to not get last, last place. But look, there's not an enormous amount to say about this team. Uh, they do not have talent all over the field. Uh, they have an uphill battle in division with two teams that I think got better. Uh, I think both both teams got better uh, that we just talked about. So, uphill battle. They, they had four wins last year. Um... Well, well, what's your thoughts here on the Texans, Ben? Yeah, I mean, again, Davis Mills is quarterback. Last year, it was like, you know, some games, it's like, all right, he's a capable franchise quarterback. In some games, it's like, ah, that, that that seems like Davis Mills. So, a lot of questions there. Again, not a lot of talent around them. I will say, I think the biggest thing going for the Texans this season is the fact that they get to play the Jags twice. I mean, that's going to be hopefully two wins for them. Um, again, they're not in a good division, so that might that might help their win total a little bit. But yeah, not a lot on this team. Um, really, a lot of a lot of negative vibes around this this uh, organization the last couple of years, and I don't think it's going to be much better this year. I think they have a long rebuild ahead of them. I don't think they're going to be good anytime soon. 
Um, so in terms, I mean, they're, they're over-unders four and a half. I'll take the over. I'll be optimistic. Again, because they're in such a bad division, they might be able to get two wins against the Jags. They might be able to steal one against the Titans or the Colts. That puts them at three already. I think that they'll win five games. I, I, I can I can see the this Titans team or this Texans team, excuse me, going five and twelve, maybe a, a six and eleven, something like that. Um, but not a good team. Not not anywhere close to the to, to the playoffs. I think it's it'll be a win for this team if at some point, just any point this year. For one second, their graphic comes up in the in the uh, in the hunt category. If they if their picture comes <laughs> up in the in the hunt category just once this year, I think that's a win for this team. All right. Um. Well, what do they have? Four and a half here, Benny. Uh. I, I'm thinking under. I don't know. They're not okay. getting four and a half wins. Uh. It's it's either going to be a three or four win season for this team. I I honestly don't think this team got much better uh, at all. Uh. And uh, it's rough when you you have an off season and you don't get much better. Uh, not that they, they had a couple good picks, but it takes time to develop. We'll see how those guys do. Not looking great for the Titans at all. I what get do, it. What, what do you think? Again, I get it. Like I said, I, I think five wins, maybe six wins, but I mean, I... You're going over. Yeah, yeah. again, I'd go on, I like I said, like, you got, you're in a bad division. I mean, you got to play the other, you got six games against teams that, I, mean, I guess, two of those teams are decent, but... Two wins against the Jags, probably. Again, maybe one. You can still win against the Colts or something. That already puts you at three wins. I think that they can somehow squeak out five wins. I do. So I'll take the over. And, uh, Ben, it's interesting. You're talking about the Jags, and I, I don't think you're giving them nearly enough credit. Um, so let's let's move over to the Jags here. The Jags, I think, got a lot better. A lot of great pieces. Cam Robinson is staying for the long one. You have Jawan Taylor, Brandon Sheriff on the line. They have a pretty solid line. Urban Meyer's gone. That's a success. Just overall. Um, you look at Trevor Lawrence. This year, a lot of receivers on this core. Christian Kirk got signed to a big deal. Um, you have Marvin Jones that they signed. Zay Jones and Evan Ingram as their tight end this year um, with Dan Arnold, who I really don't think either one is terrible. They're not great. They're not terrible. Look at the defense. Josh Allen, of course, is back, and they have the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker. Um, with overall solid line, defense is going to be the big question mark here for sure. Um, and at running back, you have Travis Antien and James Robinson. So defense is going to be the question. Can the defense hold it together? Probably not. However, this offense got a lot better, a lot better. Uh, and now that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be handicapped by a horrendous starting, or excuse me, not starting, head coach, um, I think this offense and this team has a lot of potential to do way better than they did this previous year. Three wins for them. Well, the Texans, in my opinion, didn't get much better. I think the Jags did. The Jags over under is six and a half. So Trevor, I'm interested to see what you think here because their over under is way higher, two games higher than the Texans. Yeah, so I'll say this. First of all, I'm only slightly offended that you just called me Trevor, but that's okay. It's it's a uh, probably force oh. of habit. That's okay. No, it's okay. I understand. It is a force of habit. I understand it. I'm I'm only slightly offended. I said that. If I'm sorry, Benjamin. We'll, we'll see how I feel next week if I decide to be on this podcast again. But it's whatever. Um, <laughs> six and a half. I, I don't. I, I get what you're saying. I get it. Okay. Yes, they got better. I mean, it's hard. It was hard to get worse than what they were. They they were not good last year. And Trevor Lawrence, we're assuming, you know, as good as we think he is and his potential, he will take that next step. He will be a lot better this year. Um, you know, compared to other recent quarterbacks, they've taken that step in their second year. Um, I don't know. Maybe some guy like Joe Burrow, he took took a pretty big second step in his second year. Even Justin Herbert. So I think we expect. Trevor Lawrence take the next step. And yes, I understand that there's a lot of talent on the offense, but defense wins championships. And you said again, the defense. Might be a little suspect. I don't know, man. I, six and a half wins. I don't know if I can do it. I, I think I'm going to take the under on, on six and a half wins. The Jags, like, and I hate 
to be like super disrespectful to the Jags organization because honestly, until recently, I think the Bengals were very similar. Where it was like you could just say they're gonna be terrible this year, and there's a good chance you're right. But I really, the Jags are really the, the franchise where I'm like, until they're good, I'm just gonna keep assuming they're gonna be bad. They're the exact opposite of what Alabama football is in college, where it's like until they're bad, I'm just gonna say they're gonna win every year. Until the Jags prove me wrong. Until Trevor Lawrence starts being the Trevor Lawrence that we expect him to be in the next couple of years, I'm just going to assume that they're not going to be great. So I, I still think that they will go under their win total. I do not see them winning seven games, which would what, what it would take for them to get over that six and a half. Um, seven games is a lot of games to win, and I don't remember what their record was last year, but seven and ten in the NFL is not easy to do. I mean, winning, winning any game in the NFL is tough, so winning seven games for them. Yes, the whole Urban Meyer thing is done. That's a new slate for them. They have a Super Bowl winning coach as their head coach now, but... I still have a lot of doubts about this team and about this organization, about this franchise. And until they prove me wrong, I'm going to continue to have doubts in them. So I think that six and a half is too much. I think they're going to win five or six games max. That's my opinion. Call it a hot take all you want. I don't care. Look, I'll go in the under as well. I agree. I, I say they win six games. Six and a half is really not like a bad like prediction. I guess not prediction, but like where their odds start. Um, I say they win six. Look, they they double their games from last year. I think this is a good improvement. More investment in the defense and the f- upcoming draft. Maybe some free agency money being thrown around. It's going to be a good team soon. I, I actually do believe that. I'm, they're not going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. But I, I think they can make it up to seven, eight, nine wins at a point in time here in two, three years. We'll have to see. It depends on how Trevor Lawrence develops. But everyone loves Trevor Lawrence as a prospect. He wasn't great last year. We'll see how he does this year. Uh, ben, anything else you want to mention before we kind of wrap up the, the short little pod today? Again, this is such a bad division. I'm so jealous that my favorite team is not in this division. Think of how nice it'd be to be a Colts or a Titans fans where every year— The Bengals win. The Bengals win 12, 13 games this division. Just think about how nice it would be to have either of our teams in this division where it's like, yeah, man— like this is a tough this is a tough year. We we have to get past one team to win the division. Like I as 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 both of us are fans of the AFC, AFC North, that's that's tough to imagine because AFC North usually has two, maybe three teams that are pretty decent. So, um, I'm I'm just so jealous of this division. I've said for many years. I'm I I wish so much that my favorite team was in this division because it's I I really do not think it's been that impressive for for very for uh yeah, for, no, the, it's, it's, it, for a long time it has not been that impressive. It is a uh, pretty rough division. But I, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us on this, this, this whatever this is. I don't know if you want to call us a podcast. Not Trevor. We're just, we're just two idiots on mics. That's what I said earlier. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you all so much for listening. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. We have another huge week of podcasts coming up. Of course, Small Ball will be next Sunday. But before that, we got two podcasts coming out Tuesday morning at 7.30 a.m. We, of course, have the AA team. They'll go over this past week of golf. Uh, other pop culture stuff. We have the first podcast of Avery moved into his new place, which will be nice uh, to hear about his move. Uh, we, and, and Avery, Aaron, and I actually just all hang out. We just all golfed. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, of course, on Thursday, we'll have another episode of the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast talking about this past week in Big Brother. That will debut Friday morning at 7.30 a.m. Um, so, of course, subscribe to that podcast. All the podcasts will be linked in the description. Follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller so you keep up to date with everything that is coming out. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Oh, someone's got to say go Falcons, right, Benny? So I'll say it. Go Falcons! <laughs>